This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast. This is the Scoop, UNC's premier football recruiting podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and as always, I'm joined by Don, Donnie Scoops, Callahan. What's going on, Don? Uh, not too much. Just want to wish Cher a birthday. Turned 74 today on the day that we're recording. Um, other than that, things seem pretty promising as far as the uh, the coronavirus stuff. Um, some positive, we won't get into it too much, but some positive uh, developments with everything. Uh, what's uh, what's going on in Ross's world? What are the positive developments? Well, uh, with a lot more openings, uh, you had governors in California and I think some other states were saying how there will be pro sports this this uh, fall without without fans, of course. And then there's been some things like uh, I think it's Ohio State. Their players are going to report on campus on June 1st, I think it is. Uh, there's uh, Notre Dame says that they're going to have, they're definitely going to have classes, you know, those sort of things that, that everyone I'm sure has read, just, just kind of little bits and pieces that have shown signs of that there could realistically be a college football season. I think for, for the longest time, there hasn't been that. Yeah, I think there's definitely gonna be a college football season. I think I had talked to a source this morning, mm-hmm. connected source. And Breaking prepare- news. They're preparing for it. You know, I think this going to be a very limited with fans, which is going to be interesting to see how, like how they do the fan thing because they can't have they can't have all the fans there so it's either going to be you know 50 percent capacity or even less and then it's like who can you sit with things like that so that'll be interesting to, to see how schools do that you know i think unc probably will look at kind of getting on campus football team on campus in, in mid-june maybe around that time nothing nothing official there just kind of guesstimating and then go from there so yeah i think i think they'll probably start on time uh, and then i think a lot of schools have thought about ending the semester at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which is, which, which is, uh, which a lot of this stuff I just don't understand. Like the, there were, I get it. They're worried that these kids are going to go home and come back and bring their germs. But those same kids are going to be bringing a lot of the same germs with them when they enroll in August anyway, but whatever, um, yeah. you know, this stuff doesn't make sense to me, but <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm good. Uh, you asked earlier. I'm good. Um, same stuff. Let's kind of get into it here. We have a big show, so we're going to we're going to go through this is the itinerary. The new top five for the next show is going to be your top five holidays. Give us your holidays can be religious, could be just fun, could be goofy, whatever ones you like to celebrate could be Groundhog Day for all we care. Top five holidays. Email Don. DM him on Twitter or DM him on Inside Carolina. We are going to go over some recruitments for the 2021 class. We have a couple of players we're going to give some updates on. We'll go through that. And then we're going to bring on Kamen Rucker, a 2020 UNC signee, kind of the outside linebacker defensive end. He's going to be our special guest. We interview him and then go from there. And we do, we're going to release our, our top five, which is top five drinks. Does that sound good, Don? Did I miss anything? I think you are on point, and I'm excited for it all. Yeah. All right, so before we bring um, Rucker on, let's get some updates here. You know, I read your scoop, and I've been kind of reading the message boards and and kind of getting an idea of what's going on. We've had a little lull in UNC's recruiting. We haven't had too many commitments recently. I picked out three names. I want you to give me a a brief update on what you think is going to happen and kind of what the update is on these guys. These are, I think, are kind of the – the, the biggest targets right now that, that could be making the decision in the next couple of weeks or months. All right. JJ Jones, four-star wide receiver out of Myrtle beach, South Carolina. He's going to announce his verbal commitment on Friday at about seven o'clock. I think he's going to announce it on Twitter. 
And you know, North Carolina is one of the, the five finalists. And I think things look very promising for the Tar Heels to complete their wide receiver haul on Friday. Okay, great. 6-3 wide receiver. Kind of adds that, that outside, long, deep threat receiver to complement um, some of the other players they already have committed. You know, um, offers from Georgia, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Tennessee, all those schools there. J.J. Jones is going to make a decision on uh, on Friday and and UNC I believe leads in the crystal ball not that um you know we can't make crystal ball picks okay um who let me check out my list here okay a guy of, of a lot of interest for the Tar Heels Javari Ritzy the big defensive lineman from Kernersville North Carolina yeah so uh if if the listener hasn't noticed a theme here with with the three recruits that you have selected all three of them have decision dates already scheduled and Ritzy's is June 12th his parents anniversary that's that's a new I guess sort of day to do a announcement you've seen birthdays you've seen mother's birthdays you've seen I don't know if we've seen any father's birthdays (laughs) you've seen grandmother's birthdays but this is the first that I'm aware of that it's a parents anniversary uh, so Ritzy has been a guy who I felt for a very long time that that UNC was going to be the the ultimate selection. He just seems to fit at North Carolina. His mom loves it and all that. Um, you know, Georgia's involved, Ohio State's involved, South Carolina's involved, Tennessee's involved. Things look really good in this in this uh, recruitment also for North Carolina. Javari Ritzy, yeah. I mean, if you listen to our Steve Wiltfong podcast, which was I think three weeks ago. Uh, great podcast and I actually transcribed majority of it. It's an article. You can probably find some of the message boards there, but Steve Wilt Fong was very high on Ritchie's athleticism and his ability to make plays and be an impact player at six foot, four and a half, 275 pounds, a little track background, you know, comes from a good family and, and would be a, I think a great, great fit in addition of teammates with Rara Dilworth, an outside linebacker commit for the Tar Heels. The whole the crystal ball reads 100% for UNC. And if you look on people's profiles, you notice the confidence picks is an addition to the crystal ball, I guess, uh, 24-7 sports crystal ball type of brand there. So check out those confidence picks. Uh, it shows how confident certain player, certain experts are in these players committing to certain schools. And there's usually some article tied to a lot of these picks as well. Okay, Javari Ritzy, I think, you know, he is a guy that, you know, I think UNC – Fans kind of are super excited about all starts up front with defensive linemen, in-state guys, super athletic, and would really, you know, with him and some other players, really cement that defensive line for a couple of years. Okay, Ritzy. And when, he's announcing when is that? June, you said? June 12th. He is okay. Announcing. Anniversary. When is your anniversary, Don? Uh, December 4th. I'm, I'm assuming you're talking Ooh. about my wedding anniversary. Yes. What, yeah, what other anniversary would it be? <laughs> the anniversary of our friendship. There is a day. Right. Do you know what that day is? It's. I think it was when, in June. Of our friendship? Is it, yes. Is, is it June or July with the photo? Oh, yeah. That, uh, we'll did have Jake to... Lawler's mom take the photo? Or did Jake take it? It was It was a recruit. It was Jake, I don't think it was Jake Lawler's mom, but it was a recruit, I believe. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so we'll have to, we'll have to go and dig Jake, into the – Jake took a photo. Yeah, yeah. so we'll have to go and I, dig I into I do it. remember when you got mad. I remember you got mad at me when I scooped you. I <laughs> did. There was no get mad at you. The Zamir, the Zamir White scoop. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I remember he, it vaguely. For, for the listeners, I dropped some intel. And I oh, I remember what it was. I, I no, and, I reported it, and then you made it free. Which no, but I had the same intel. I did not take your intel because I had an in there with was, uh, with a source. Was, to me, I thought it was convenient that I reported it, and then and then I, uh, I, had first, if, I had it first though. I reported it first. I don't know who had it first, but I mean, <laughs> as soon as I was yeah, given, and then Don was a little baby and didn't talk to me. I, <laughs> I was irritated that my, well, you know how it is. Well, you you're in a different. My thing is is all about the premium stuff. So so obviously, whenever my and I get irritated with with you know the the blogs that do this, um, that when I have premium content and they just basically read my content and just post it. So that does irritate me. Of course. But I and I'm so, I'm assuming I was in the same situation as you were where I had a source who basically told me, here's what's going to happen, but you can't say anything until I give you the green light because I want to, I'm going to give you the green light once Zamir is in the car heading to Chapel Hill because the fear yeah. was that if it got out beforehand that he would be talked out of visiting. So 
you know, so I had to wait for the. So for the we line. we might have had different sources because I was I just ran it and like I made it free. You know, I was I was at a point where I was like, man, if I get any intel, I'm putting it out there because I got to beat Don. All right, gotcha. moving on. Um, all right, so we went through JJ Jones, went through Javari Ritzy. Now Zaire Patterson is interesting prospect, defensive end out of the Winston Salem area, six six guy, four star. What's going on with his recruitment, and what can you kind of tell our listeners about Zaire Patterson? So for North Carolina, two out of three ain't bad with with this trio that we're talking about. Uh, his commitment announcement is May twenty sixth. I, I'm not going to get into a lot of details, but we break down in the weekly scoop what's going on with him. Um, so definitely check that out. That was that was probably the main topic in the okay. discussion after the weekly scoop. Yeah, so check out the weekly scoop for the update on Zaire Patterson. There's only two crystal ball picks made. They're both for Clemson. You can see that on his profile there. Um, and this is a guy that Don all along. It's it's been kind of interesting recruitment. He doesn't. It seems like he doesn't talk much. And doesn't really provide much intel, and, and Don's been pretty clear with that moving forward. That it's been kind of in the dark, and he kind of operates a little bit differently. Zaire Patterson, there. All right, great. So that's an update. There's a lot more info on the weekly scoop. He, uh, Don goes through almost every major target that UNC's pursuing right now. So there's names that I, you know, I didn't know as well. So check out the weekly scoop. You can subscribe to Inside Carolina. There's always great deals to subscribe. There's free trials. There's 60% off, there's 75% off, all these different deals. So check that out. We're going to take a quick break now, and we'll come back with an interview with Cayman Rucker. Now I want to talk to you about Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com. There are loyal podcast subscribers at Inside Carolina, right on Franklin Street, and online at GiantT-Shirt.com. For those who are Inside Carolina subscribers, there is a discount code on the premium message boards for basketball and football. Grab that code, go online, go to the store. Get your sweatshirts, your tur- shirts, your t-shirts, your jerseys, your toboggans, your hats, everything. It's a packed store, great selection, and, and get ready for f- football season. We're locked and loaded. Football is going to happen, whether you're watching it at home. Well, actually, all right, I'm not making that guarantee. It's likely football is going to happen, whether you're watching it at home or in Keene Stadium. Make sure you're set for gear, gifts, a lot of birthdays, holidays, weddings coming up. I think, hey, for wedding gift, a couple t-shirts for the bride and groom or the groom and groom and the bride and bride. We uh, don't like to discriminate here. So anything you want to get, I think uh, Carolina gear is a great gift. And now we're going to bring on Cayman Rucker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we want to welcome on Cayman Rucker, a six foot, 243 pound outside linebacker, defensive end type player from Hart County High School in Hartwell, Georgia. He is part of the signing class for UNC, the 2020 signing class. What's going on, Cayman? Nothing much. How about yourself? We're great. And I'm going to turn it over to Don now for our first question. Hey, Cayman, so you you actually, with your recruitment, it was kind of, it was a little bang-bang, especially for UNC fans. You came into the the Showtime camp, and you did not have an offer. You get the offer, and then you committed, actually, like I think four days later. But let's let's go back to heading into the Showtime camp. What were the coaches kind of telling you about just the – the prospects of, of scoring a, a scholarship offer from North Carolina? Um, first of all, the camp, it was just, it was amazing camp, like how they had everything set up. They kind of showed you how everything was campus and academically, how, every, how everything ran at Chapel Hill um, with underneath um, coach of the Matt Brown. And when they did that, that was a, a truly a great experience. But um, just like them telling me, like, like after, like, before getting the scholarship, they didn't really like. They didn't really know me like that. Coach Bateman, he actually invited me up. He knew um, a little bit about me. He heard about me, and he was like, "Hey, you should come up to this camp." And um, and I was down for it. I said I'd come up. And like like I said, not a lot of people know me except Coach Bateman himself. And that was the first day I met Coach Brown and all this other kind of stuff. But um, after the fact, after I got done um, doing like all the type of drills and stuff, and they got me the offer, it was like. The, the connection sparked me, and it was a great feeling. Yeah, especially for the Showtime camp, 
you have a lot of guys who I, I actually think the majority of the guys there have offers heading into it. What What's your mindset? What's your preparation heading into a camp like that where your goal is to come out with an offer? If I had to sum it um, down, the one thing is just fear no one. I've been – I consider myself overlooked. Um, I have considered myself overlooked in the recruiting process just because of, like, my height and my size. Um, for a defensive end at first and then, you know, outside linebackers, they look for, especially in your typical 3-4 defenses, they look for your taller, slimmer kind of guys to rush off the edge because they have a quicker step than offensive tackle. But regardless of my um, – of the size – of the measurements that I wasn't blessed with, what God has blessed me with is just – not to fear anyone and a great get off and all this other type of things. And, but if I had to sum it all down, I would just say not to fear anyone because I don't fear anybody. I don't care how many stars you have. I don't care what your credentials are. I don't care what your measurements are. It's just going to be me and you at the end of the day. And only one can come out victorious. And I feel like that's going to be me. I got to actually have a question for Ross. Ross, what are you thinking about that mentality that came and just described? Boom. Love it. The underdog mentality, a little bit overlooked and hungry to, to prove the doubters wrong. That's what you need to uh, to excel, man. You got to have that drive. MJ had that drive. He right. thought of something and uh, he thought of something that drove him and, and that drove him his whole career. Yeah. And let me just, just to kind of, I guess, wrap up your recruitment. You get the offer. And then I don't know if you remember, I think it was two days later, you and I talked, we did an interview. And at that point, I'm trying to reach back my memory. You had told me that you were probably going to wait until the end of the summer to make a commitment, but you actually ended up making a commitment four days after receiving the offer. So what was, what were those four days like heading into the, the decision to make the commitment? Why did you decide to make it then as opposed to waiting a little bit longer? Um, the reason I made that decision so early is because, I mean, I just felt that instant connection. Like I said, it's like, once I, it's like when I got there on campus. I wasn't really known. I wasn't really known. I mean, like, I just got my stars. I mean, like, stars is only for people that make it that make it big in camps. It depends on how big your name is and how good you've done in certain camps or whatnot. Went to the MVP camp. I earned my stars, and that was pretty cool. But I still wasn't known. That doesn't make me an automatic, like, high recruit. So when I came in there, nobody really knew me. And then when I got that offer, I mean – Still, not a lot of people knew me, but they know who I. But if they knew who I was, that made sense. Like I've got the coach's attention now, and um, when I made when I got that offer or whatever, and then I saw campus, it's like everything started clicking and all this other kind of stuff. And um, I discussed it with my parents. I was like, guys, I mean, I know I said I was gonna wait until this day, but um, I feel like this is the one. I feel like this is the college. That's it. I feel like this is it. And they were like, already? I'm like, yeah, like I'm narrowing down my options. I thought about this. And like it was a whole long, drawn-out process. We were talking about it. My mom, my parents told me to um, pray about it and all this other kind of stuff. And I was just like, y'all, this is it, man. Like I, there's, there is no other option. There, and I'm not bashing all the other colleges that offer me. Um, like Georgia Southern and all them, they, I truly – thank them for giving me a shot when nobody else did but it was just like UNC they just really had that special um they held that special part of me in my heart for me and I just I, I committed then yes you committed June 19th which was four days after that camp and after you got that offer a little inside recruiting here did, did UNC kind of pressure you to recruit to to commit you know, they offered you and they said, you have a spot if you want to take it. Were they like, all right, you got to kind of move on this offer because they're probably obviously looking at other players as well. How does that kind of, how does that conversation go down? And was that something that UNC did? I mean, pressure, maybe not the right word, but I guess you kind of know what I'm saying. Like, hey, this offer's here and, and we want you to take it if you take it, you know, relatively soon. Did that happen? Yeah, it did. I mean, like, you call it what you want. I was persuaded, pressured. You know, just kind of like swayed on to the side. I mean, yeah, I did. I I was I was in the sort of in some sort of way pressured to commit, but at the same time, when your heart's already set to do something, then it's not necessarily pressure. Of course, yeah. it's like with my recruitment, I was curious to see how far it went because you know, like you, like I got my I got another Power Five offer from Louisville in the ACC, and then I got it from North Carolina in the ACC. And then I was just like, oh, dang, I'm getting two power five offers. I want to see how far it goes. You know, my curiosity. Yeah. I mean, like, I want to 
I want to see how far I get. Maybe I'll get an um, SEC offer. Maybe I'll be close to the home kind of situation. But, you know, when when opportunity hits you, man, you don't want to you don't want to take it for granted at all. And it's like it's better to have um it's better to have one bird in the hand and then lose two in the bush. Like it's just that's just that's my that was my mentality. That's my dad's mentality. He was just like, look, you already got this offer. It's power five. It's a defense that you want to run yet and that you're familiar with because we ran the same thing in high school. Um, is this is a place that you feel like you want to be? You love the relationships, the coaching staff, the environment, the place, and all this other kind of stuff. Do not lose this opportunity. And I was thinking the same way. And so it's like, yes, I was kind of. I don't like to consider it pressure because pressure has a negative connotation to it. Yeah. But, um, but yes, I was kind of like, hey, I was kind of told like, hey, you don't have that much time because we got a lot of other people to look at, and I understand college is a business. It's not like, it's not like, um, like you're playing twenty one at at the basketball court and you pick 21 and you pick like five players or however many people you got on the court. Like I choose you, 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 you. And like you have unlimited players. Like that, that's not how it works. And I understand that, but you know, I, I had to make a decision and it's, it's point blank. And I know that's how college is. You got to make a decision. There is no waiting on you. So you either, you either, you're either leaving with or you get left is, is either way. Good. That was awesome. Awesome kind of explanation there. Yeah. I think, you know, the casual recruiting fan doesn't understand the nuances of recruiting where, like, yeah, there's a certain amount of spots, and sometimes, you know, you kind of get an offer, and, and they want a couple guys for it. So it's kind of a first-come, first-serve type deal, and um, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it works with some recruits for sure. What what kind of drew you – you know, you like the coaches. Bateman was recruiting you. You like the system. And when you got on campus, what kind of maybe outside football did you like about UNC? Um, it seems like you're a bright guy, so I'm sure academics was, was a big – was a was, – kind of played a role as well but you know what else about UNC stood out beyond maybe the football stuff um of course that like like you said uh, academically yes that's really stuck out to me I know one day my ball's gonna go flat for football so you know what I gotta have my degree to do another career and I gotta do something else like with me naturally I don't like just to sit here and do nothing I gotta do something and so um, I'm, major, I'm actually planning on my desire major is exercise and sports science, and that's the general one. Like it's like you, it's not just the um, sports management part of it; it's just everything. And um, and I want to use that strength and conditioning coach, physical, um, physical trainer, all sorts of types of things. And I know that that pathway can lead me on to so much more. But um, but just the campus itself is beautiful. I just love it there. Um, all the different type of people. It's very diverse, um, and then like it has that small town feel, like Chapel Hill. It's big, it's actually bigger than what I thought, but like it kind of reminds me of where I live. It's like people think, oh, Harwell is just a little small, it ain't nothing, like it ain't nothing there. But it's really, it's really bigger than what you think it is, and like that's where and Chapel Hill reminds me of where I live, and um, it's just like it's it was so much that connected with it with me in that place and that's why I committed so quick and it was like not just the football aspect of it but it was also the environment because if you only feel so much about one way and then the other way you're just like "Eh, I don't know that could really be a deal breaker for you like it's just that's how it was for me it's like everything connected and it felt great for me awesome yeah you live I'm looking at Hartwell now that's kind of really close to South Carolina isn't it yeah, it is. Like, you, if you cross our lake, then you're pretty yep. much in South Carolina. Yeah, the Savannah River. Cool. Um, awesome. So, moving on, you know, this uh, 2020 recruiting, recruiting class was ranked number, let's see, number 19 in the country. What is your relationship like with that class? You know, who are some of the guys you talk to a lot? What's the group chat like? And what do you think about UNC's 2020 class that obviously you're a part of and going to be tied to for your, for your Tar Heel career? Um, 2020 class. Um, we've actually started off pretty well. You know, you have some, you have some commits that's been there since uh, like September 2019 that just got recruited. You know, and then you got um, and then you got some people that just that just came well September 2018, and then they just and then you got some people that just came up like myself. Like I committed like on a later date. They didn't really expect me to commit like one of those situations. I came out of the blue. But um, once I did, they just brought me in, and um, I connected with um, some of them. Um, running back Elijah Green, wide receiver Ray Rose, um, 
um, offensive tackle, um, tackle Caden Baker. I kind of connected with those boys, and um, they they're pretty chill. They're awesome. But um, but this twenty class, twenty twenty class is something special. I know like everything going on with this coronavirus and stuff. That's really took a toll on us. But you know, it's, that's why I feel like twenty twenty is different. We went through so much, and people don't really acknowledge it. But we have a we really and truly have a special class, and not only just in high school, but in everything that we do. And that plays into this 2020 class going into UNC because we have a very special class. This is our first class being recruited by Coach Mac Brown with him being there. And um, I feel like we're going to make an impact the second that we get on there, whether if we start or whether that we're behind somebody or either that we redshirted. Like, it doesn't even matter what the, what the case is. It's like we're going to make an impact. And I feel like we started off on the right foot with the recruiting and we're going we're gonna to kick it off right. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are excited about what your class can do on the defensive side of the ball because you have yourself oh, yeah. as, as a rush defender, then you add in you know the defenders, A.J. Beatty, um, Clyde Pinder on the defensive line, Miles Murphy, Des Evans, and the safety, Jacoris Conley that I know Don's really high on. So defensively, I think your class is going to really lay the kind of the foundation. Mm-hmm. Kedrick Bingley-Jones, Cameron Roseman, Sinclair. Yeah, so all right, Don. Oh, yeah. yeah, so before we actually get into the details of that stuff, you actually had a, a I guess a, we can call it a significant setback during your senior season. You, what was it? You tore your lateral meniscus in your knee that when initially happened, you weren't sure if you were going to return, but you did um, later on that season. Kind of just t- t- tell me what's, you know, what was it like your senior season having to go through that um, and just the rehab and, and how is the knee right now? Um, Going through that, it, it was it was devastating. It really was. Nobody ever wants to go through that their senior season. Nobody wants to go through that period. Um, I can honestly say this: if it was my junior year, and I got injured at the time of that, I probably would have said, "Okay, my season's done." I would have honestly said that. But it's um, but with me, I don't like to go out of style. I don't. I like to. I like to go out on top. I like to have that. Okay, I gave it all I had. Situation. And um, when I got hurt, it was just like, man, I don't even know. Like, I told everybody, I'm like, there's a possibility. I might not be able to come back. Doctors told me my season was over. But with me, I can't take no for an answer. I I refuse. Like, if I'm hurt, I'm going to push through it. I don't care how bad it hurts. I don't care if I'm hurting at the moment. It may look like I'm hurt, but I'm not going to tell you that I'm hurt. I'm just going to lie to you. But it's just like one of those situations where I pushed through rehab, I did all this other kind of stuff, and I told my doctor, he's like, you know what, I feel good. I feel fine. Just give me a knee brace and I'll play. And he was, and they were iffy about it. They didn't know. There was still some swelling in my knee. They was like, look, go through this. They, I went through like a one-on-one training with my um, with my specialist, and they was just like, look, if you do well, if everything looks good, if your balance looks good, you can go back out there. And and, and everything worked out, and I ended up coming back my second in the second playoff game, and we made it to the third round. So I ended up playing two more games. I went from not going to play the rest of the season to playing two of the last games in the playoffs, and um, that is really just it was a, it held a special moment in me because I didn't at first nobody thought I was coming back. Nobody really thought that I was going to be able to finish out my season. I didn't think I was going to finish out my season at first. But when I strapped it on for those last two games, it just really it hit me. It hit me hard. And that last game that we lost, it just hit different because, you know, it's like I put – not I'm not trying to sound independent because I know I couldn't have done anything. My recruiting wouldn't have even started if it wasn't for my team. They really came up this year. We really came up this year. And we really just turned our program around. But it just hit different because I gave it all I had this year. Like, I literally put my body on the line. I could have even tore something worse playing, like, because I felt like I could have played. I could have ended up something worse, but I didn't. By the grace of God, I didn't. But um, my my knee's doing just fine now. It's um, I'm training it really good. It's getting a lot of balance. It's getting, it's getting stronger. I'm getting faster. Uh, we're working on linebacker um, type stuff at the house. I mean, of course not right now because it's like storming and stuff. But you know, <laughs> like me and my dad, we 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 rocking it. We're we're hitting it. 
hitting it hard, always posting something, always doing something, whether it's doing heels, doing ladders, doing linebacker-specific stuff and on the field. And it's just, like I said, I can't stay still. It's like it's just something, it's stuff we're doing. Is this injury something that, that could potentially, I guess, reoccur or or maybe even lessen maybe your explosion or anything like that? Or, or Is there any after effects to this? Or are you going to be – you know, once whenever we take the or whenever you take the field, uh, be a hundred percent and not have any worries about the knee. No, I don't feel like this is going to be a recurring thing because I had a full meniscus repair in my ninth grade year. I was wrestling, went in for a takedown, my knee popped three times, and I had a full meniscus um, repair. And my right knee hasn't been giving me issues since. And I feel like from then. With this one, this is it was a partial tear, so it wasn't a full one. And where the tear was, all they had to do was just cut it off in the spine. So I don't feel like this is going to be a recurring issue. There's no aftermath. There is no um, reoccurring issue. It's just, you know, of course, later on in my not my later on as in college wise, but later on in my life, you know, I'm going to have arthritis, which is okay. But you know, it's just. Um, Right now, no, no aftermath, no after effects, no little, um, no little um things going on. Everything's gonna be fine when I get to UNC. Everything's gonna be fine, you know. Of course, I'm gonna have to take precautions at first, but you know, hey, it is what it is, and I, it, but nothing's gonna happen. That's good to hear. Don, Don's already got arthritis. <laughs> This is well, not true. Hey, I'm about to, hey, I'm about to join the club later, so don't worry. Yeah. I'll just save my seat for me. Don's got a lot of medical issues. All right. Um, what, weight class, issues. <laughs> what weight class did you wrestle in? Uh, I wrestled. I was a I was a decently sized kid in ninth grade. I think I wrestled like in over, like in the heavyweight, which is basically our two twenty five up. And did you do that all four years, or did you stop wrestling at some point? No, I, once I had that injury, I stopped. Oh, I got you. Good, good, good. All right, so what have you heard about enrolling at UNC? Because I know y'all are, were supposed to kind of enroll, I, th- I think, for the first summer session in June. Um, what have the coaches been telling you? I'm sure you've been talking with your position coach and, and Coach Brown. Um, what have they said about when you're going to get to campus? I mean, obviously, we don't really know for sure. Um, okay, so the summer school day is still going on. It's still June 22nd. That's um, that's still going on with our summer classes. We're just going to be taking everything online, of course. Um, to get everybody on campus, that is in the air right now. And um, they're saying they're trying to get us in by July 1st or, like, something along those lines. And then I'm hearing other stuff saying, no, we're not going to have a fall. or it's all this, It's just different stuff than I'm hearing. And you know, it's just like I'm not I'm not gonna listen to any of the hype. I ain't listening to none of that. If my coach if Coach Brown didn't say it, if Coach DeWitt didn't say it, if none of my defensive coaches said it, then I'm not gonna believe it. So it's just like, you know, I all all we gotta do is listen. We just we that's really all we gotta do right now. Um whatever they tell us to do, we're gonna do it. Um, right now. Um, with our freshman class, we're still trying to get everything together, you know, with everything that's happening it's like everything that usually happens is kind of delays like our orientation and getting our Chromebook um not Chromebooks but laptops and all this other kind of stuff has been really delayed. Like you would think something's happening but it's really not. It's just there's a it's a different system now. And um so right now it's just up in the air. We really don't know when we're coming back. I hope sooner rather than later. And um and I pray that our season works out like we want to. Yeah North Carolina recruited you for that outside linebacker rush rushing the quarterback position and when you commit it scott boone coached that position since then he's left the staff and uh, uh javon dewitt is now the position coach what's that posi- what's that transition been like to dewitt and what are your thoughts on him from the little bit that you know and and the little bit you've been able to talk to him um First of all, um, I hate that Coach Boone left. It is. Like, you would, like, I, we gained a relationship. He started my recruiting over there. Like, of course, Coach Bateman got me. But then once I got there, Coach Boone, he just kind of took me underneath, and he was just like, what's up, man, and all this other kind of stuff. So I hate that he left. He, um, he re- we connected, and we connected at um, – our family connected with him. We had fun. He was on our official visit as well. And the fact that he left after my official visit, that just didn't – 
you know, it was just like, dang, I hate it. But, you know, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but, like, I didn't gain a full relationship. Like, I didn't actually get coached by him enough to be, like, have a, like, a negative mindset about Coach DeWitt coming in. But um, when Coach DeWitt came in, very, it was like, it was kind of, it was weird at first because I didn't really know him that much. But as we started talking, as we started, like, getting to know each other, Coach DeWitt, he's a cool dude, man. And I, um, and I can't wait to be coached by him. Very intelligent, very, like, just, he sees the game in a different lens, than a different lens than everybody else does. And that's a coach I would love to be around because, of course, I'm being recruited as my position. They see me physically. They, they're not questioning my physical attributes. They want to test me in my mental game. They want to see how far I can get from point A to point B without doing a, a list of this. They want to see how I can cover. They want to see how I can do all these types of things. And I feel like Coach DeWitt is one of those people that can break it down for me. We can sit in the room, look at film, and be like, hey, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to look for, and this is how you do it. And Coach DeWitt – is that type of person. He breaks down film. He breaks down the person in front of you. He breaks down yourself. And that's the type of coach that I want because that's the type of coach I want to be if when I have my kids, you know, I want to be that person of like, hey, this is what you need to do. I want to break down stuff for people like that. And to be around knowledge just like that is just it's really cool. And um, I can't wait to get started with Coach DeWitt. We have already – kick off right we we share common interests and all this other kind of stuff i've already done the outside linebacker zoom meetings and stuff like that and so you know just being on in those meetings with fox and hopper and nobles and all them it's just like it's it's really it's really cool and i'm glad that i'm learning from them and coach dewitt as well awesome yeah we had a chance to interview dewitt um i think shortly after he got hired and yeah i mean he, he he seems very positive sharp guy and so I think he was a good addition to the staff. So, yeah, it's awesome to get to work with him. Okay, so, yeah, we're kind of getting into, you know, UNC and what you're going to do once you get there. As a player, you know, you're playing that outside linebacker position, that kind of rush defensive end type role. What do you see – what kind of player are you? How would you describe yourself? And what do you think you can bring to the UNC defense and kind of what the coaches have been telling you? Um, The type of player that I am – I feel like I am like you're – I'm more typically an edge rusher than, I, you know, than what people think I am. Like when people ask me what position I play, of course I say outside linebacker. But, you know, like my thing is getting after the quarterback. That's what I live for. That's my – that's my – like that's my aura right there. That's what I do. And I love to get after the quarterback. I love to hit. I like to hit people. And – the thing is, is like what I bring, what I feel like I can bring to the table is like I feel like I can bring energy without being, you know, as vocal as what like people sometimes think I am. I'm a very vocal person. I love to talk. I do, but it's just like when it comes down to playing, I don't do my, I don't do a lot of talking. I let my actions speak for me, and I feel like that's like you know I can make my impact by being physical and not saying them a whole lot. You know, I, I I talk junk every now and then. You know, I share I share a couple of words, but I mean, like besides that, it's like I I just want people to know what I do. On that note, you know, what has Bateman and Dewitt kind of told you about how they're going to use you? You know, outside of the, you know, rushing the passer, what other kind of role does that outside linebacker position have in UNC's defense? Well, it kind of holds us like you know, it's like your typical outside linebacker. You know, it's just like. You watch the run, you watch the pass, you watch just pretty much everything. You know, it's just with me, I'm majority rushing most of the time. But um, covering is what I'm going to have to start um, adding to my um, play set because that's what I'm probably going to be doing sometimes, like not like, not like all the time like your usual linebackers do, like um, Surratt and all them. But, you know, I'm going to have to be covering the flat sometimes. I'm going to have to um, get on the low hook or curl. There's going to be times where I'm going to have to – drop in the middle and watch the drag like you know there's like there's gonna be some stuff that i'm gonna have to watch for now and um bateman when he explained the position to me you know he sees me as majority of a rusher do it he also sees me as a rusher but also get me in that look in that covering stage as well so like you know i'm just playing that position to how they want me to play it of course they know how i rush the passer but also they want to work on my covering game as well Awesome. 
And, you know, UNC lost a couple outside linebackers, Alan Cater and Dominique Ross. They returned to Mon Fox and Chris Collins and Tyron Hopper. But, you know, what do you, how often do you, how quickly do you think you can see the field? Because, I mean, they need pass rushers. That's always a big thing. And so if you can get the job done, you know, there might be early playing time for you, even as a freshman. What, what have you kind of heard and what do you think about that? One, I'm glad that um, those those people came back, especially Taman and um, Hopper, because I know for one, they're Georgia boys. I mean, you know, you can't beat Georgia <laughs> boys. That's just it is what it is. But also at the same time, you know, just to learn from them and learn the game quickly, I feel like that's going to be a great experience for me as well. But um, I feel like I can see the field pretty quick. You know, of course, college has a different speed to it and it's like everything's just faster the running backs fast quarterbacks faster also the tackles are faster the guards are faster and i mean <laughs> like everything is just fast and but with me i i change and adapt i do whatever the speed you want me at i'm gonna go over it like it's just not is there is no stopping for me i just go even if <laughs> even if i miss a tackle i'm gonna i'm gonna go full speed anyway i'm gonna get back up and try to make the tackle again it's just like i feel like i can see the field pretty quick rushing the edge I feel like I have a different skill set than everybody else does I feel like I can get off that edge a little, a little bit quicker than everybody else I feel like I have that that good first step I feel like I have that um, knowledge of how I want to set up my offensive tackle to set me up for a better sack you know it's just because obviously I don't I don't fear anybody um, you're not going to intimidate me I don't care how big you are so if I already have that mindset along with my knowledge of how to pass rush you, then you're really not going to stop me at all. Even if I mess up, you're not going to make me look bad. So it's just that's how I feel about it. So we, we've mentioned his name a bunch of times, Jay Bateman, and he's such a unique guy. He's not your typical coach. And and obviously Ross and I know him from the media perspective. From a recruit perspective, what's what's Jay Bateman like? Coach Bateman, he's he's really cool, man. He's a great guy. He's he's um one of those people you want to just sit down and just like have a meeting with, you know, just just pick not necessarily pick his mind, but like what his knowledge of the game is. Kind of like Coach Dewitt, he has a lot of knowledge that he's willing to share, and um, that's what I like about him. He's very knowledgeable. He's really articulate about the game of football because I mean, like he's coached under he's coached for good programs um, such as army and um and and their defense has actually been pretty successful as he was over there but um coach bateman in recruiting he's pretty pretty straightforward i will say for for the most part um he was really into like hey we need to get you down here um this is where we're gonna have you playing if you come and like you know this is how it's gonna go and I would rather a coach be straightforward with me. I love straightforward coaches. They don't sugarcoat anything. I would rather receive the harsh truth than you telling me a fib. Like, I, I don't want that. And, you know, like, I don't want nobody sugarcoating me saying, hey, oh, yeah, you'll you'll get playing time off the rails. You ain't even got to worry about it. Next thing you know, I get up there and then I don't start. It's just like I'm not having that mentality. I have that playing time mentality. But at the same time, I'm not having that, oh, I'm going to go up there and, and start. I'm here to t- I'm not here to take part. I'm here to take over kind of situation, but I'm not having that entitled spirit with me as well. But Coach Bateman, he kept it straightforward with me. He said, "What's going to happen? This is how it's going to go. How we're going to do it." And Coach Bateman, he's really cool, man. I just and I appreciate him for being that way. Awesome. You got a lot of good like one-liners. I've noticed like little sayings and one-liners. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that that comes around me hanging around some old heads. Yeah, <laughs> I need to start. I need to start using some of these. Um, all right, so we'll kind of wrap it up here. You know, we've talked a lot of football because you play football, and this is a football podcast. But you know, to kind of get to know you a little bit more, what are some uh, what are some things you kind of want fans to know about you? What are some of your hobbies? What do you like to do outside of football? Um, is there a couple of things that you know you're interested in that that you would like to share? Um, yeah, um, very sociable man. Uh, <laughs> I talk, I, tell. I, talk to every, yeah, I talk to everybody. I have a heart for everybody. So, you know, it's just, trust me, my per, my persona on the field is not how I am in real life. Trust me, it's, that's not me. <laughs> um, I know how to balance that out well. Uh, my hobbies, 
I love to write poems. I like this um um video games. I like to you know, this I like I love listening to music. Um What are some of your what are some of your favorite uh things to listen to? What kind of music? Um, I like rap of course and then um like R and B. I like jazz every now and then. It's just different type of stuff. Like, you know, I'm like one of those feel the vibe type of song listeners. It's like if I'm if I'm if I'm in a pregame, I'm listening to hard rap like this. It is what it is. Even in nineteen nineties I'm listening to NWA, I'm listening to all these other um tribe called Quest, I'm listening to all these other type of people. Like if it's like if it's coming down to it, then I'm gonna listen to those people. But if like, you know, if I'm chilling and I'm just like to myself, you know, probably studying somewhere, then you know, I'm gonna listen to my R and B, I'm gonna listen to my jazz, you know, 'cause I don't I don't wanna dang get riled up for my dang homework and end up tearing my like breaking my pencil and tearing my paper up. Like I ain't got time for that. That's not that's a easy zero. But um you know, it's just one of those type of things. But yeah. I'm right, ve- right. I'm very easy I'm very easy going. I'm like I'm not even I'm not I'm not hard at all. Like I'm 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 a sweetheart. I'm just gonna put it <laughs> to you that way. <laughs> sweetheart from Hart County. All right, Don, yeah. you got anything else? Uh got anything else for Cameron? No, I just really appreciate uh Cayman coming on the podcast with us and I think it's he was one of the guys when we talked about who we wanted as a guest he was one of the guys that I thought about because I feel like he he does have a great story that a lot of people haven't heard because like you mentioned he's a little bit overlooked because I think it's because of his location in Georgia and and the fact that he he basically had to kind of work for his offers and rankings and, and all that sort of stuff so I'm glad that he was able to share that with us so I really appreciate you doing that Cayman oh yes sir no problem at all all right, appreciate it, Cayman. When we come back, we will jump into our uh, top five, and we'll be right back. And we're back with the Scoop podcast, UNC's premier football recruiting podcast. That was great, Don. Cayman Rucker. Um, we had Jefferson Boaz on a couple weeks ago. This is our second one with Cayman. You told me how good he would be, and uh, he definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, I mean, he was one of the kids I really enjoyed working with throughout his recruitment. Um, you know, he was one of the ones that always, because obviously in his area, Georgia, it wasn't the easiest to get updates on his games and what his team was doing. So he was always super reliable, come back to you right away with, with uh, what was going on. Um, every time I interviewed him, I knew he was going to give me great quotes. So I knew he'd be perfect for this. And And the thing too, which I didn't, I don't want to say I didn't expect, um, but it was great to hear is just uh, how he was able to kind of look back and and give us really kind of his mindset on things, particularly about just what was going on. Ross, you asked a great great question about um, (laughs) just those four days and just, you know, whether he was pressured or everything. And he gave some really good answers and really good insight. Yeah, I mean, and a really likable personality and and great mentality he had to kind of, you know, obviously kind of a, I guess underrated, overlooked prospect early on, and got a couple big Power Five offers. Jumped on it, and um, yeah, I mean that mentality will do you well if you've been overlooked. You know, you're always fighting for something, and that will push you in the in the weight room and push you in practice. And you're always going to be competing and stuff, and and that will help you get better. So, I mean, that's the kind of people you want—the hungry people. You know, sometimes players come in five stars, four stars, and they act like they don't have to work. It seems like um, Rucker understands he's going to have to work and, and has been working to, to show what he can do. All right. Anything else on that, Don? No, I think you summed it up really well. And, you know, like I said, I really um, I really appreciate him coming on, and, and he did an awesome job. I think I think the fans are really going to enjoy that for so many reasons because of, you mentioned about the underdog mentality, and, and you can kind of feel his, his uh, uh, intensity. Um, and I think the f- fans always love that but also the fact that he was able to give some insight um, and really just a likable kid. For sure. Um, okay, so we've moved our chit-chat to the second half of the podcast. I mentioned your um, – you mentioned your anniversary. I want a little inside scoop onto how Don, Don Callahan proposed to his wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this is probably the worst. There is no special proposal, nothing like that whatsoever. Uh, it's It's actually – it was. <laughs> it was a Philly. It was a Phillies game. It was a Phillies game, wasn't it? It wasn't <laughs> so, even. So it wasn't that. even that. It's so un. You know, if it wasn't for the fact that it was, 
it resulted in our marriage, it wouldn't have been memorable <laughs> whatsoever. I mean, it was just a you, you put the, you put the ring inside of a Philly cheesesteak and put extra cheese was on it, and then gave it to your wife. Something like that. Something like that. Moving on. All right, <laughs> top five. Um, we'll close it out. We had top five drinks was the topic, so we'll get to that now. Um, and remember the the next top five is the. Let's see. What was it top five holidays? All right. I think this is a good question because it's kind of a, yeah. a common question. You say like, what are your top five holidays? And people are like, well, what do you really like? I mean, is it Christmas? Is it Thanksgiving? Or is it something that's just like more fun, like a Halloween or July 4th, um, St. Patty's Day? A lot of, I think a lot of people have some different answers to this and you can get creative with well, it. I think you treat- can, you can also tell a lot about a person by what holidays they like. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, yeah, your holiday would probably be ones that are based around food, right? I, my favorite holiday, <laughs> and I actually believe that I've mentioned this on the podcast already, but my favorite holiday, I'm pretty sure nobody else will get, um, and and nobody else will have on their list. So okay, um, and I think you get creative with this. Like you know, some people consider certain days of the calendar for sports a holiday. You know, National Signing Day is kind of our holiday in the recruiting world. So. There we have it. All right, top five drinks. Don, let's read two. Um, we got a lot of submissions, didn't we? We did. This is Let, this let's is fly through three each, okay? All right, all right. Okay, I'll go first. Dale from Waxhaw. Uh, he always submits. Number one, sweet tea. He likes it super sweet. Two, water. He drinks at least twelve cups a day. Three, cheer wine. My go-to soft drink, and being from Waxall, he's pretty close to the birthplace of Cheerwine. Four, lemonade. My wife makes a killer strawberry lemonade that hits the spot on a summer day. I, I love I love a good strawberry lemonade. And five, ice-cold beer. For a cheap beer, you got to have Yingling. Otherwise, we'll grab a local craft brew. Don? All right, so I'm trying to look for someone who hasn't done one. Okay, I think Daniel has not submitted. This is the first time he's submitted um, and he says he took a different approach to this, which is another good reason why I should read this. Uh, number five, big soda at the movies. Number four, barrel aids Manhattan at Crunkton after UNC game. Crunkleton. Crunkleton at, after UNC game. Number three, water fountain between pickup basketball games. Yeah, that's a good. That's a yeah, good moment. That that is. Uh, number two, cold beer after mowing lawn. And number one, Sunday morning coffee. Boom. Okay. I'm going to go. We got uh, we got Ding Dong submitting. All right. I'll go back up to the top here. I'm going to go Michelle from Charlotte. Now, this may be Michelle Lawler. It is. It, it is. may not be. Okay. And we are we are allowed to, I guess, reveal her identity. She says she, yeah, she says she listens all the time. She only submits just every so often. Yeah. Um, and, and this was in response to me calling her out to make sure she submits. So she needs to submit her favorite holidays because I know that she has favorite holidays. So I'm calling her out again. Yeah, Michelle told me she listens to almost every podcast we do in terms of the whole Inside Carolina network. All right, Michelle from Charlotte, Jake Lawler's mom. I'll read from the top here. Sweet tea is what she drinks too much of. She likes a chai tea latte. I also like chai tea. She likes hot green tea. If she's at the movies, she gets a Sprite. And then she likes frozen margaritas. Good list there. Good list. A lot of green stuff. Green yeah. tea, margaritas. Yeah. Sprite. All right. Green vibes. I'm going to go with John from Lynchburg. Number five, sweet tea. Number four, cheer wine. Number three, Sundrop. Number two, Coke. And number one, Tom Collins. Okay. I don't know um, what Tom Collins is. Do you? There's a uh it's a alcoholic drink. It's like a Well, cocktail. I knew that. But do you know exactly what it is? Uh, no, it's you have to have Tom Collins mix. I don't know. I'm assuming a guy named Tom Collins founded it. Yeah. Okay. Um we have a bunch or of maybe good his ones brother. Here. <laughs> we have a bunch of good ones here. I'm gonna read um Ben from Birmingham. He has a bunch of uh descriptions here. He's originally from Charlotte. He's a first-time submitter and a lifelong Tar Heel fan, 24 years. Here's my top five drink list. Let's see. Beer. Love a nice cold beer to wind, wind down after a day and watch a game with. Nothing better. Best served with golf. His favorite brand is Sierra Nevada, which has a, a place in Asheville or outside Asheville. 
and his favorite individual beer is a land shark draft on the beach. Tell me where you can get draft beer on the beach. Okay. Dr. Pepper, best soda there is. Only other reasonable choice is cheer wine, which I have to get when I visit home. Sweet tea, best served with dinner. I mean, it can't be beat, usually, especially if homemade by your grandmother. If you drink unsweetened tea, you're wrong, and I don't like you. Milk, best served with cookies or Oreos. People that don't drink milk with dessert probably wear socks with their sliders. I bet you have no idea what sliders are, do you, Don? Are they not the uh, – no, I, I, well, I think I do, but I'm not sure. Okay. I think those are kind of a type of sandal. Yeah, yeah. They're like flip-flops, but they you yeah. slide on. Yeah, my kids so. have them. Yeah. All right. And then he has Amaretto Sour as his last choice. Best mixed drink there is. Simple to make two. Disarono or Amaretto mixed with lemon juice can spice up with an orange slice or simple sugar. But I like it plain and simple. Good list there. All right. So since you're ignoring Ding Dong from Orange County, California, I figure I'll read his. Um, he gives a little bit of a description here or a little bit of, a, I guess, disclaimer. Although Ding Dong has been on a brief hiatus, he has returned and is poised to continue delivering valued content <laughs> to the fellow Tar Heel Brotherhood. Here's Ding Dong's top five drink preferences categorized by his various states of mind. All right. That should be interesting. Number five, the West Coast Beatnik. Medicine ball from the local hole in the, in the wall coffee shop. My daughter just walked in and is now listening. Um, so, uh, peach tea, mint tea, lemonade, and honey. Number four, the meathead chocolate protein shake with honey, almond milk. <laughs> Number three, the gentleman scotch on the rocks with a Cuban cigar. This is, uh, he says monkey shoulders, scotch whiskey, of course. Number two, the Raleigh redneck chocolate yoohoo with a banana moon pie. And finally, Number one, the Tar Heel game day prep. One shot of, of Carolina blue soda, baby. Vintage 1982 and 1993. Interesting. All right, awesome. I'm going to read one more uh, just because I think I know who this is. Um, but remember, we if we didn't read yours, we're definitely seeing it and definitely uh, appreciate you submitting and getting ideas from this. A lot of good submissions this time. All right, Rupert from Raleigh. V8 on ice. Healthy option. And have grown to love Wait, it so over you the know, years. You know Rupert? I'm not sure. I think he's this guy on Twitter. Okay. All that, right. I don't know, who knows? You know, people can, I mean, we have a guy named Ding Dong submitting. That's not his real name. This guy could be anybody. Are you sure that's not his real name, though? Like, what if Ding Dong was able to produce a birth certificate with Ding Dong as his name? Yeah, it'd be wild. All right, back to Rupert. Coffee. I'm a sales manager for JFG. French market and New England brand coffee, so a shameless plug, okay? Three, orange soda. Two, sweet tea, Louisiana tea, or get out of here. Number one, Tito's soda, lime. Sometimes the blue cup isn't big enough. All right, good stuff. Don, let's jump into ours. You go first, your top five drinks. Yeah, I'm glad I'm going first because I feel like mine are super boring. Uh, so I, obviously I drink stuff. And I really kind of struggled with trying to figure out how to do this list. So I just kind of went the order of uh, how much I drink them, um, So which is really boring. My number one is really boring. All right. So number five, Mountain Dew. I, I don't drink a whole lot of it, but if I need something <laughs> at night that uh, to keep me up, particularly when I'm driving, uh, or just a little pick-me-up, that's going to be my Mountain Dew. You know who is you know a big diet Mountain Dew guy? Uh, I actually know a few, but I, I don't. I don't know who you're referring to. Who is it? Greg Barnes. Is he really? I, think, I, I, I see. Think I, he, he has diet sodas, so I think it's Diet Mountain Dew. I think that's it. I think he likes some other I diet can't, drinks too. I can't do Diet Mountain Dew. I feel like there's definitely a different taste, and it's not the same. So I won't even drink. It. I, th- I mean, I feel like it's nasty. Sammy no, no Batten. Offense. Sorry, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. Sammy Batten, who uh, who covers UNC and the ACC for Fable. Observer. He, he's a huge uh, Mountain Dew guy. Gotcha. Okay. I can see it. You know, Shut keeps up. You, keeps Shut you awake. up, Sammy. I've heard, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard that it actually has more more um, caffeine than than uh, coffee. So, I don't know. It's loaded anyway. with sugar. Those things are loaded with sugar. All right. Yeah. Get- well, yeah, you know, I, anyway, I'll get to that, what I was about to say when I get to my number one. Anyway, um, number four, 
Beer. Um, I really, I really drink anything. You know, I guess if I'm, I'm going to pick something up from a store, it's going to be like a, a Yingling. But um, I, I love to go to a place that has a lot of like different types. And when I mean different types, not I'm not like one of those beer nerds, like oh this one's hoppy and not not like that. I'm like I'm probably like more of a kid with beer. Where like I have a place nearby, the Best Lake Ale House. That will have stuff like um, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like a s'mores beer, where it tasted kind of like. Um, You've already told us about this. Oh, did I? All right, so yeah. I won't go into too much detail on that then. But yeah, so I like those type of beers where it's just the the, the different flavors, um, you know, uh, vanilla, you know, whatever it may be. All right, so number you like you like beers that taste like the food you like. Exactly. Which which <laughs> if you listen to this podcast consistently, that shouldn't surprise you, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Number three, Gatorade is definitely my go-to if after, you know, if I cover a high school practice in August out there in the sun for three hours straight, dripping of sweat, just need something to drink. That's usually what clenches my thirst. I'll I'll definitely run over to a gas station and and do that, what was it, like two for $5 deal all the time and and just guzzle both both of them uh, before I even make it to my car. What's your favorite flavor? My favorite flavor is the green, the apple. Green Gatorade? Okay. Whoa, the apple one, though. Ugh. And oh, that weird. one's kind of hard. I don't want to say it's hard to find, but not every place carries it. But I absolutely love it. If I don't go green, I'll just go red. I, mean, I feel like a lot of the other flavors kind of taste all the same, to be honest. Green Gatorade. Ugh, yucky. Yeah. Oh, all right. Number two, coffee. I'm actually not a big coffee drinker. I'm not one of those people who wakes up and has to have coffee like my wife, but I do, I'm more of like a, like almost kind of like a snack. So I probably, what, what do you, how do you have your coffee? Uh, I mean, I just make some here, French press with a little, a little milk or a little sugar. And then I usually make a big French press and then have iced coffee in the afternoon. Which, what would you say the percentage of milk is it, that's in your coffee that you put in? Oh, I, I drink almond milk usually. I don't keep dairy milk in my. No, but I mean, what's the percentage? Milk. Like, how much? How much of the actual liquid is milk? Oh, um, oh, I mean, just like a splash or two. All right, so, so like, you know, like we're talking two, two percent, three percent of the liquid. So, and this shouldn't surprise anybody who has listened to this podcast. But so, <laughs> so we do, we do those those big. I'm sure they're super sugary um, creamers, and yeah, yeah, they're so my, good. My wife, yeah. So my wife, I'll probably put like, I don't know, 5 to 10% of that. For me, it's like probably 30 40% creamer of my coffee. <laughs> so that's probably why it's not like this need that I have to have coffee for caffeine to wake me up in the morning and I'm fine with drinking in the afternoon. And actually, there's a lot of times where I'll drink coffee and then take a nap and with no problem. Anyway, all right. So my number one, super, super boring, water. I drink water all day long, every day. Um, going back to what I was going to say with the Mountain Dew, one of the things, um, Ross, who who definitely cares about my my weight and my health, um, back actually when my daughter was born was when I probably weighed my heaviest. I was like 235-ish, I guess. One of the things I gave up where I lost like a ton of weight was soda, and I just went straight water. And I, I lost yeah. like 10 pounds easy. Um, so just like so, yeah. how, how quickly did you, how quickly did you lose that weight after like, you really, really quickly? And I mean, I was like drinking a lot couple, of like a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've That's always crazy. had, believe it or not, I've always had like a fast metabolism. I just like to eat really bad things like all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I've heard that. Yeah. Giving up soda, uh, quickly can make you lose weight. Um, Wait, you I know, think if you, if you gave up that creamer, God, if you gave up that creamer, man, you would be skinny yeah this is true i was actually talking to miles murphy and we ran a story on him last week it's about his enrollment and this didn't make it into the story but you know he's trying to lose weight and he has lost some weight and he told me the same thing that he gave up soda and just drinking a bunch of water so yeah, it's tough though yeah yeah all right, all right. So that's my my super exciting top five that's good um all right let me jump into mine here real quick and we will be out of here my top five now what inspired this um top five was i did this with a group chat we we're kind of just sharing our favorite drinks and stuff so i'll go i'll go number five ice water 
Okay, nothing exciting there, but, uh, you know, I drink a lot of water as well all during the day, especially after workouts and stuff. So ice water, number one. And, okay, number four, or number, number five. Number four, purple Gatorade. Like you said, after a hot day, after a workout, you know, when it's really hot and you're really dripping sweat, a great pur- I go purple Gatorade. But, I mean, I'll drink any Gatorade. Red, orange, lemon, lime, those are my favorites. Um, okay, I'll go three will be a, will be my alcoholic drink of choice. And that's a Sierra Nevada beer. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is my favorite beer. I like IPAs and Pale Ales the most. So those hoppy beers would be my go-to. There's tons of different IPAs I enjoy. I like to support the local. I guess Sierra Nevada is not very local since they're based in California. But, you know, um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. There we go. And Made in America. Made in America. Yeah, that's right. Only drink American beer. Number two would be a, would be sweet tea with lemon. I don't drink it that often, but sometimes when you're at a restaurant, you know, barbecue restaurant or southern restaurant, it, it kind of hits a spot. Um, or like a Bojangles or McDonald's, they both have really good sweet tea. Um, so I'll go with that. Uh, Cookout has good sweet tea as well. And then my number one drink, and I've actually tried to limit this. I'm, I, I might be giving up soda as well, and I haven't been drinking that many is uh, I would go Cherry Coke, probably number one, but along the same lines, Dr. Pepper, Cheerwine, regular Coke, cherry-flavored sodas. Those are my favorite. Um, Colas with cherry or some sort of spinoff of that. Love it over ice. Obviously, crunchy ice would be the best, like the crushed little pellet ice. But, uh, you know, even at sporting events, you know, at UNC football games, they have the um, in the press box, they have Fountain Coke. Love it. Cherry Coke. Any questions, yeah. Don? That actually reminds me of something that I've just uh, slowly started to drink a little bit more as far as alcoholic, and this is going to sound very frou-frou, but um, but this goes back to my whole palette that we've been discussing. Black Cherry Mike's Hard Lemonade has been really mm. good, and it's and it just a very, very strong flavor, especially if you like the cherry, and I will drink that and and not stop, you know. <laughs> I'd say I said honorable honorable mention for me would be Dr. Brown's black cherry or Dr. Brown's cream soda or root beer. Okay. I don't think I've had Dr. Brown's anything. You, I feel like you, you might be making this up. Like, you usually find them at like delis. There's a deli in Greensboro that, that has them. Are you are All you right, a wine good. are you a wine drinker? Not really. Just in certain situations with certain people. Yeah, that's how I am. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't I don't seek it out, but I have no issue with it. Yeah, this one was with yeah. a meal with a with a nice meal. You yeah. know, it's nice to have a bottle here and there. Uh, outside of beer, I usually go like a whiskey drink. I've been getting into scotch a little bit as well, mm-hmm. so bourbon, whiskey. Uh, but yeah, kind of making cocktails here and there. All right, Donald, good stuff. Uh, great interview with Cayman. Great scoop there. Check out the weekly scoop, and uh, we'll check you next time. Whether that is next week or the week after remember the new top five and for don i'm ross martin and this has been the scoop Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by T-Shirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.